So the big question is this. How can runners like you, who aren't professional athletes or paid sponsored runners, avoid injury and increase athletic performance to enjoy running race events for the rest of your life without wasting money on trends or using dangerous painkiller drugs? That is the question. And on hashtag Run Pain Free Podcast, your host, sports biomechanics, athletic injury correction, and conditioning expert, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio, gives you the answers. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Run Pain Free Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio. And today we are talking about big workout no-nos. But first, go on over to runpainfreenow.com and fill out our contact form because if you want to prevent injuries, if you have an injury that keeps coming back, or maybe you think you've corrected your injury or you had what you call, quote, rehab, and you still have some nagging things going on, you want to consult with us so that we can make sure what you have going on can be fixed and as fast as possible. So go on over to runpainfreenow.com and get that form going ASAP. So let's get into it. What are cross-training tips for runners, specifically workout no-nos for runners? There are so many different things out there that runners are doing that they actually don't know are hurting them. I have all their podcasts that I encourage you to listen to after you listen to this and after you subscribe to the Run Pain Free podcast. It's called the workouts, how the working out can injure you as a runner. So you can go listen to that after we're done here. But first, today we're talking about specific types of workouts that actually injure runners because everybody needs to cross train. And so someone's like, well, if I need to cross train, why would it be hurting me? Because not every workout is created equal, okay? Not only is there people out there that just toss out ideas and toss out workouts that aren't educated to do so, don't cue you properly, and that itself can injure you, but there's actually specific workouts that can injure you themselves alone. So of course we have a top three. <laughs> we have a top three list of these things that I do speak about very openly, but it's gonna be all together here on this podcast. The number one, I'm gonna go one, two, three. So the number one injury workout is CrossFit. So a lot of people are gonna be like, oh my God, I love CrossFit. And that's fine, you can love CrossFit. That doesn't mean that it's not an injury prone workout, which it is. And take the ego off of it, okay? Everybody out there. I've worked with tons of CrossFitters in my day. And above runners, they are the most injured athletes, straight up. There is a lot of compromising form for time. And that, of course, with me is going to be a huge no-no. And a lot of my training peers and I would argue about this years and years ago when CrossFit first came out. But a reason I was arguing about it is because I was getting a lot of CrossFitters that were very hurt. And obviously, if you know me by now, anything that I get in, in a lot at, at once, I always go back and I start to cr- I case study it. So I was case studying why I was getting so many CrossFitters injuries that were coming across my hands. And I found that it was a lot to do with form and a lot to do with the weights being coached. But then even more so, there is a huge internal organ issue when it comes to CrossFit. So again, a lot of you all are just ready to work out for the physical aspect of it, the aesthetic aspect of it. But the real reason you're able to work out is just like the real reason you're able to run and it's internal, your heart and lungs. So your kidneys have a huge function when it comes to working out. If your kidneys don't have the ability to flush process what's going on internally for the systems to respond to what you're doing and asking of your body, your kidneys will shut down quick. I've seen it happen real time, especially with vigorous hit type CrossFit workouts 
where a person's kidneys will literally almost shut down completely in session and they need to get to an emergency room and on an IV immediately because their kidney levels are out of control. And that happens a lot, to be honest with you. I've also had women tear their heart muscle from their chest, from the lining of the wall of their chest. That's happened. I've had women who've gone into complete renal failure in CrossFit workouts because they're pushing and pushing and pushing so much that their bodies can't flush and they just start to feel really sick. And of course, most people think kidney pain is really just back pain because it feels the same way. But once, you know, the, the woman was just like, I just didn't feel good. And her and her husband was like, let's just go to the ER because she really didn't feel good. And once she got there, they figured out that she was in complete renal failure at that moment and had to go through, obviously, vigorous treatment at that moment. So there's extensions of this that go beyond what your mind is going to think about when it comes to workouts. And that's for people like me to figure out, not necessarily you, it's not your job, it's our job. But there's people who lead these things who don't know the levels of biology that go into workouts. And that's also a big part of the problem. Many of the leaders, coaches, fitness instructors are doing so without the level of education that is actually required to do that. And unfortunately, it hurts people for real. And a lot of the time it's long-term injury. Kidney and organ injury overall organ injury is not the same thing as a torn hamstring torn hamstring is going to heal muscles are going to heal injuries to your organs don't reverse they don't heal that part of that organ is injured period so now you have to actually operate a different way because they don't they're not going to recover in the same way as a muscle would so there's levels to why crossfit would be a high injury prone workout both physically and internally and why in and of itself I have a problem with it but for specifically for runners who are doing cross training I get why they would be doing it but it's not an endurance sport specific workout either it is anaerobic so it's very stop and go stop and go a lot of put a lot of push a lot of pressure at one point and then you stop a lot of push a lot of pressure at one point and then you stop so that's more so why it doesn't coincide with an endurance sport like a long distance runner. It doesn't. It's anaerobic, so it's more along the lines of track and field, if you want to be technical. So anaerobic cross training would be more in line with a track and field and CrossFit rather than CrossFit and long distance. Not the same thing. So that is why that is number one. It's number one because it's most severe. So a lot of things can go wrong on a deep level fast that probably wouldn't happen in other workouts because you're not pushing as hard, you're not lifting as heavy and as hard at the same time. Generally speaking, the heavier you lift, the less reps you're supposed to do. The lighter you lift, the more reps you're supposed to do, generally speaking. And we all know I don't like generalizing stuff, but that's just generalized rep schemes, okay? So again, those of you out there who think you can program things with no program design education or background, let this be a warning to you. You cannot. There's real science behind that for a reason. So you don't actually hurt somebody like for real. So that's number one. Number two worst injury or highest injury workout is yoga. <laughs> Great difference, right? From CrossFit to yoga. Huge difference. Or so you think. Don't let the visual fool you okay yoga is number two highest injury prone workout because first 
people who teach yoga, generally speaking, have only really ever done yoga or there's a low level of what you need to know to get into yoga. You have to be doing yoga to do yoga, to teach yoga, 100%. But there's no pre-requirement. You don't have to have been a personal trainer. You don't have to have gone to any type of other type of athletic, physical activity type of work. You don't need to do that. You just need to have gone through 200 hours of yoga instruction. And depending on how you where you want to go with it, you may have more hours than that. But again, it's all in yoga. So unless you are cross educated which most are not the cueing becomes a real problem you're going to be cued to disengage muscles that actually require engagement to do said motion and movement that you're trying to get into for that yoga position and then the more vigorous the yoga workout is the worse or higher the injury rate could be so hot yoga bikram yoga is probably the top end because the illusion of the heat gives you the illusion that you have flexibility that you actually don't have so you not only that but it drops your blood pressure so i, I mean there's again extreme there's levels to all of these things as to why i'm saying they're high injury rate but i'm trying to stay specific to running as possible but we all know i can digress very easily <laughs> so with that said the flexibility that your body thinks you have in hot yoga can cause and will cause insertion insertion strains at your muscle. So your muscle inserting at the tendon to the bone. So those things start to get strained, it becomes, becomes like spaghetti. So when you have that happening, cause you're really, really hot, you don't feel that. But when your body cools down and you're in normal body temperature, then you start to feel that. You probably think you're sore, but it's actually a bunch of strains. And the more you do it, the more it happens. And then you want to say, oh, well, I do yoga. And a lot of runners cross with yoga. They think that that's the complete opposite. It's actually not. It's not sport specific at all, quite frankly. And a runner, the last thing you need to be doing is stretching. And that is a dancer of 100 years telling you that. You need to be foam rolling in order to get the mobility you're looking for as a runner, as a long distance runner. Stretching a restricted body, restriction is tissue, causes strains in and of itself. So add to that an actual stretching workout or a stretch focused flexible flexibility workout like yoga, you are guaranteed strains at insertion levels, which are places you don't want them. Like the upper hamstring ladies that you guys get that never goes away that you all have for three to five years. That's because you're doing stuff like yoga. You're not foam rolling and you're not sports specific conditioning to be a long distance runner, period. That's why men get it in the meat of their hamstring because of the, in my professional experience, case studying and background, I have found that men get it in the meat because of their hips being more narrow. Women get it up top with their hips being wider just from, just from those types of dynamics without getting too deep into it. But the point is the hamstring is one of the most nagging strains a runner will get a problem with. And it starts with Achilles pain. It starts with calf pain. And you ignore that and wear all these things and sleeves and do all these stupid things that don't do anything because it's not your calf. It's not your Achilles. It's actually your hamstring. Your hamstring turns into the Achilles tendon to attach to bone. Remember, muscle attaches to bone via tendon. So the tendons are where, are at the insertion. So you're actually getting, that's what, that's what I'm saying is straining when your flexibility and you're stretching these muscles that should be 
rolled out first, the tissue needs to be rolled out first. When you're stretching and forcing that stretch, that flexibility, you're straining the insertion level. That's what that is. That's why it's so deep. That's why it goes on forever and ever and ever and ever. And the more you stretch a strained muscle, the further the strain goes and on and on we go. So that is why yoga can be a very high injury workout for anybody, but specifically for a runner. Now, let me put a little disclaimer because everybody out here is going to get angry. Jessica's talking about yogis and all that. I have a ton of yogis as clients. I've had to pull yogis out of being teachers and get them corrected and let them to get back to being a teacher of yoga. Many, many people have I worked with like this. There's no shade. At this point, you should know by now, I don't even do shade. There's no shade. It is just to say what it is. This is biology. This is testing. This is facts. This is not, this is not a matter of not liking anybody or anything. So nothing to do with that, guys. So just hold on. This is about what a runner should be doing and why these specific cross training things that are high go-tos for runners are actually hurting you. That's all, that's all it is. I'm an actual expert in what I'm doing. I reside heavily with the injury side. If anything is heavy injury, you're gonna hear about it. If anything is heavily going to help you, you're gonna hear about it. That's what we do here at Run Pain Free, just so you know. So little disclaimer I had to put out there before we get into number three. So number three is, Pilates. <laughs> Pilates is the number three top most injury prone workout. And that's because Pilates is very dancer driven. Okay. So dancers generally have a very high body awareness. They have a very high body awareness. They're very in tune with their bodies. They know how to shift all their body weight into one part of their body, even though they're standing on both their feet. It's a very, very skill set thing you have as a dancer. So what happened with Pilates is now it became this big thing and they sold it on, you want a dancer body. You want a long lean dancer body. We'll do this workout. It's a workout based on a lot of dance derivative ideas. Okay. And because most people don't have that level of body awareness, the cueing and the form alone with Pilates will injure somebody. You are, it's very big on hyperextending on your knees in terms of an injury. You people hyperextend their knees a lot. And what happens when you hyperextend your knee? You strain your hamstring. What did I just say about yoga? So the thing, a little bit like CrossFit and yoga kind of create, if they had like a little baby and then like maybe like a half sister, it would be Pilates because it's kind of strenuous kind of yoga, kind of stretching, kind of vigorous, kind of, kind of, kind of, a bunch of kindas in there. And so that's why it's a high injury prone workout. Again, because the cueing matters, who's teaching it matters. It just does people. It does. I support people who have put in time in and effort in and education into their craft and teach well and want to teach with proper cueing. I applaud you all. But unfortunately, there's not that many people out there that do that. And so that leads the level of injuries when it comes to people who work out, but especially the 80% of runners worldwide that are injured right now listening to me on this podcast. So that's why I get on here with these types of informational podcasts, because it's things like this that you guys get an idea about and I think, well, that must be great for me. It, it would work for me. It's the opposite of now. Yes, that is the idea. You have to train the opposite muscles technically to do what you're doing as a sport, but they have to coincide with sport specific mobility. And so that's why programming matters, education matters, 
sports specific training matters and the trainer being trained in sports specific training is what I'm talking about when I say that. That's why all that matters because it's not so easy just to think, oh, I'm just going to backdoor this and stretch because I'm running forever. No, you're actually stretching on the run. The job of a hamstring on a long distance runner is to stretch. That's his job. But it has to be built in extension. So extension and mobility and doing a downward dog is a static hamstring stretch that's not a stretch in mobility it's not so there you go there's just an example of that so pilates became very big because the dancer body is actually something very highly sought after and so a lot of people did pilates and did a lot of hyperextension of their legs their knees their hips so they would get hamstring strains behind their knees and they would get hamstring strains up top and in the meat of their hamstring yoga is very high shoulder injury if you have a shoulder injury and you do yoga that's probably why you have it downward dog is one of the highest rated injured movements i've ever worked with to be honest with you and i'm talking about yogis themselves not even just like a tight person who went and did yoga one day and like got hurt no I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who do yoga for 20 years and they have an injury in their shoulder that they've been catering to because they have to to teach their classes. I get it all the time. I deal with teachers all the time, by the way, guys. Fitness instructors, trainers, teachers of specific types of Pilates, of boxing, of yoga. I deal with them all the time because it's their job to do those things. And if they get injured, they're screwed. So there's a real reason why they come... To really understand their craft and like how what the downside is because there's a positive and negative to everything literally everything and with, with me being a correction expert i have to know the positive and negative of what that movement is going to do to play on it to work on it to be, make it actually work for you if you don't have that background you have no business working on somebody who is injured or especially in a workout that is high injury prone to begin with like that's just you know, that's just something you shouldn't be doing so I encourage further education, continued education for anybody who's teaching these kinds of things and then go out there and actually help people. Now with CrossFit, CrossFit originally, the, the person who originally created CrossFit, when it was franchised out, basically lost a lot of control of the curriculum. And so everybody who put up a CrossFit gym taught what they wanted to teach and he didn't have control over the curriculum. And there was a huge thing about that. And he did a huge YouTube video with one of, one of the people that I am an expert in, which is functional movement specialists. And they talked about it because that was a big thing with CrossFit. And when it was high, a lot of CrossFit injuries were on the rise. And that's when they did, it was years ago, they did a, a podcast or a YouTube something or other with it. But that's what happens. And when you lose control of curriculum, people just take it and run with it. So then you go to a CrossFit gym and you're like, well, this must be the same thing as I saw in California or I saw in New Jersey or I saw in New York City. And it's not. It's absolutely not. The curriculum does not extend when it's like that, especially franchising. So there's just, you know, that that's just business. That's how things happen. People lose that level of control over their craft, unfortunately. It's just what happens, especially with fitness. So be mindful of stuff like that. Be mindful of stuff like that. And stop thinking you're gonna go on YouTube and like find the right person who's doing CrossFit. Stop it, that's not gonna work either. You need to be coached with someone who's going to cue you specifically, see how your body moved, catch you doing it wrong and grab it before it becomes a problem. If you're not going to do that, then you need to not be doing anything that is that specific on 
a random generalized workout or just in a big old group of people that no one's watching you. Like, don't do it. That's why group fitness has a high injury rate as well because unless the group fitness instructor is trained to, to be in a room with 40 people and can watch everybody at the same time, they're not gonna catch your workout movement being wrong. I will, I'm gonna toot my own horn and say, I will, I do, and people who've been in my classes will tell you that because I've been teaching over 40 people since I'm 12 years old. Like it's a skill set, not something you can just randomly wake up one day and do. Like I've been doing this forever, so I'm talking from that place. So again, education matters, background matters, whatever you do for a living, like you put your time into that, you put your effort into that, you put your money into your education for that. So it applies to you and your craft as well. That's your craft. So apply that to this as well. Don't think that just because it's out there, it's attainable, you can do it, you can teach it. That's not the way it works. It's how you hurt people though, for real. So... That's why these, these are very vigorous workouts. They're not to be taken lightly, and that's why they can hurt you if you're not trained properly, if the person isn't cueing you properly, and if you're not applying it properly to your sport. So there's a lot of these dynamics. Are they great workouts? Sure, you know, if they're trained properly, I, I'm sure. But I personally am not a fan. Personally, I'm not a fan. Professionally, I'm not a fan. I understand them. I just wish more people were educated with them. But I'm not a fan of anything that is ridiculous, who that is that anything that compromises form is completely on my list. So that's not it. That's never gonna be it. I I was arguing about that 20 years ago. I'm still arguing about it. So that's just ridiculous. If you can't lift up a kettlebell properly, you shouldn't be living lifting a kettlebell at all. If you can't pull up your own weight, you shouldn't be swinging your body and whipping your back around to pull up some weight. That doesn't make any sense. If you can't pull up your weight without throwing your body all over the place, you're not pulling up your weight. It's called momentum. It's not. That's not pull-ups. Sorry. If you can't bend over into a downward dog without extreme shoulder pain or shoulder discomfort, then you're not doing it right and your lats aren't firing to support your body in that position. And all the gravity that you're putting in your head and your hands with your butt in the air is forcing all of your body weight to go into your shoulders that don't have the ability to handle it because your lat isn't firing and now your shoulder joint is taking all the weight of your body that's not able to do that. That's a problem. So now you can't move your shoulder. Yet you're in yoga to stretch and get more flexibility, but you just injured your shoulder. And when you injure your shoulder, that's fun, let me tell you. You think you <laughs> you can't do anything with shoulder pain. Everything hurts. Everything you do. Picking up a glass hurts, opening up a door hurts, putting on your shirt. Oh, get dressed. Please get dressed with a with a shoulder problem. Have fun. It's fun. It's loads of fun, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that much. It's not fun. Talk to somebody who's had a shoulder issue if you don't have one. Talk to someone. They'll be more than happy to explain to you how annoying it is. It doesn't go away overnight either because it's a joint that you never not move. So if anytime you hurt a joint that you can never rest, it takes 10 times longer to stop from hurting. So these are just things you need to understand when it comes to functional training. People talk about that because you want to train for your body to be functional first, sport second. So if any workout is going to go along the lines of dysfunctional movement, then you're going to be in pain in normal daily life. You need to be functional to be in no pain during normal daily life to then be able to build for sports specific training like long distance running. So there's, you need to cross train, but you have to cross train sports specific and functional training. You have to do that. CrossFit, yoga, and Pilates are not functional and they're definitely not sports specific for a long distance runner. 
I get and applaud that you want to actually do something opposite of running or support your running and you have an initiative to do some cross training. Good job. You're on the right path, but those are not the workouts for you at all. You need mobility. You need to build in mobility, build in fly, uh, meaning in the motion of running, and you need to build endurance heart and lung training with endurance muscle development that's very specific that is very different and that is not these three so these three are not it if you want to know what is it take a listen to other of our run pain free podcasts so i hope that you guys learned a little bit on this please comment share ask questions and then go on over to runpainfreenow.com again get your consult it's complimentary figure out what's going on with your body make sure you're good if you're not good get good but you got to go over there first and get your consult now have an amazing day guys you're listening to the run pain-free podcast brought to you by the run pain-free academy featuring biomechanics athletic injury correction and conditioning expert jessica marie rose leggio subscribe to us as you leave a positive review on itunes 